period, only in New York. Welcome to Only in New York. I'm Tracy Carnazzo. I'm Andrea Allen. I'm Hamda, and our guest today has gone from being a vegan on welfare to being the first white girl on HBO's Deaf Comedy Jam. You can watch her on AXS TV or listen to her podcast, Get Wood. I'm excited to introduce Jess Wood. Hello. Ooh. That was a great intro. Did I write that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sound really good. Welfare. Cool. I was. This is all very true story. That this is. My friend, Jess, my goodness, if if anyone ever wants a story, I believe that you can fill up 12 hours of solid, interesting shit that has happened in your life. I met you on the Lower East Side at an open mic, the same open mic I met Keith. This is a place. <laughs> yes. Oh, did right. you meet at Surf Reality? Surf yes, Reality, baby. Also, you guys have known each other for like at least 20 years. I just years, passed right? away. I just died. Yes. yes. But Shut here's the up. thing. Here's the thing. I remember Jess maybe a little more than she remembers me because she might have been a little bit on heroin. No. So, <laughs> a little bit. Hi, Jess. Welcome to just the show. Just a little. Just a little. Guys, uh, comedy saved me from heroin. So wow. like, I, I do resemble that comment. But, you know, we can uh, tell the story. I, uh, I told my first joke at Surf Reality and the laugh was better than the high from the heroin. Yeah. Honestly, that's that's the best PSA for heroin I've ever heard. Honestly, it sounds I, good for heroin. It, well, it sounds like anti-heroin stay right. off of drugs. Yes, I don't yes, use drugs. Yeah, Scared straight. Get the laughs. laughs. Don't get high. Kids get a laugh. I dated um, an ex, a, a heroin addict who was clean, and he said that the only things that he quote unquote had were comedy and sex. And he was like, if those two things are not high level in terms of like the dopamine rush that I'm getting, then I feel like I want to get back on heroin. I'm like, wow, I did not realize that the things that I was doing recreationally were heroin level that's crazy first of all congrats andrea he just compared you to snorting you know some shit i mean (laughs) you guys know me i'm a good time so nice that's Mm -hmm. really so nice honestly though i've seen so many people on stage that i'm like i wish they would just quit comedy and do heroin (laughs) because not everyone deserves to be on stage like you know just you're very funny but like Not a lot of people, you know, deserve to be on stage. They just deserve to just just do heroin and actually do it over there. We should have You're a right. program. <laughs> yeah, do, it, right. do it away from me. In, You're like, right, a re- Tracy. like a reverse <laughs> laugh aid, like instead of instead of having them helping them <laughs> with their finances, yeah. we shepherd them towards drugs. Yeah. I mean, I would I like to encourage people to quit. Like when people are like, I can't do this anymore. I should quit. I'm like, you should quit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, same here. I don't say good job to people when they come off. If they bombed, fuck you. Get out of here. You fucking take. No, I go up first and then I leave anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, no. fancy. Yeah. Oh. Now, with that mouth of Jess, you would think that she grew up here. She did not. No. She, you grew up in L.A., right? I did. I grew up in Los Angeles. Yes. But you grew yeah. up amongst a bunch of hippies, literally on vegan welfare with vegan. Being- is vegan welfare different than regular welfare? Uh, well, you got more beans. You're hungrier. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because uh, they're giving away free meat and free cheese at the welfare office. Mm, the government and you don't cheese. eat meat or cheese because you're vegan. So, and I'm old. So we had like the paper food stamp money. 
This mm. is embarrassing as fuck. My mom tried. Does chard work on this? Does this work for chard? <laughs> God. Oh, Jesus. And my godmother tells me I was orange as a kid because I drank carrot juice all day, all night. That's all my mom really did was make carrot juice. It was kind of easy. <laughs> yeah. It's a very it's a very interesting version of neglect that you had yeah. in your childhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because at the same time, you didn't wear underwear until you were 10. You also right. got involved in gangs when you were a teenager. You got shot in the leg. I mean, oh, this is all. Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. Just are you okay? Just, are you okay? <laughs> I mean, I've had a lot of therapy, but yes, that now I am. I'm fine. Now I'm fine. But it's a great story. I mean, I didn't mean to get. I don't think they were okay. aiming for me, you guys. I think it's an interesting story. I don't know if it's a great story. It's <laughs> a happy story. <laughs> right. I think it's great because I'm still here. Okay. All right. Um, That's it's a great outcome. I want to hear what happened here. <laughs> It's not even uh, very spectacular unless you don't come from Los Angeles, which I guess a lot of all y'all don't. So yeah. in Los Angeles, bullets were flying in the 80s and 90s. Los Angeles was very dangerous. Everyone was in a gang. Everyone. I mean, like the Jewish kids that I knew uh, gang, like every fucking kid had was in a gang. So when I get to the Jews. I, I mean, forget about it. Even. And it was weird. It was weird. It was like you Josh were in the carrot gang, Aaron, <laughs> the orange carrot gang. You guys were. Well, no, I was writing this down. Mom, no, my mom didn't like white people. So oh. my mom and she looked just like me, which is oh, a little upsetting at home. Uh, but she, uh, so she didn't like white people. So I was very much encouraged to hang out with the Mexican kids that I was hanging out with. I met mm. in junior high school, seventh grade, uh, thought they were really cute. You know, the uh, the baggies and the low riders and the PCP. I mean, if you've ever smoked angel dust, uh, it's spectacular. Um, and I was huffing paint at the time. So I needed something a little more social. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, so the cholos were great. They were actually really, um, they were structured. They were always in the same place at the same time. Like an after school program. Yes. I came from a place, you know, hippies are completely chaotic and mm. I came from violent hippies. So I had hippies with guns, hippies who were molesting kids, hippies who were just out of their fucking minds. That's a them. different kind of hippie. I got it. Like, I know. You. I'm like a hell's angel kind of hippie. And yet not that structured. Yeah. You know, yeah. Andrea, I, I, and it's so weird. I, I'm like, how could you guys, there's no structure at all. Like, it's You're like, like molesting kids. Fine. But you don't have a schedule. Can I get I a PowerPoint? Something. Exactly. God. Do we know when everyone's going to be naked? Do we not know when everyone's going to be naked? Are, they, are you just going to show up naked? Will you get naked while you're here? I mean, I had a pay phone in my house. I, I, I don't know if you knew this part. Was it rigged? Uh, no, it was a real payphone because so many people came in and out of my mom's house when I was a little kid that she couldn't keep a phone. She couldn't pay for it. So they had a payphone, you know, with the, did she make any profit? Money. Did she share the, profit? no, oh no, there's no, <laughs> okay, money see, this made. is what I, okay. I got to tell you, no offense to your mother, but she oh, is not gonna... <laughs> smart. I your offend. Mother. Listen, not your smart, <laughs> not smart. Your mother should have been charging for phone calls. Yes, but she should have been taking a cut. Kind of like when you're a deli in New York City, like in a bodega and there's an ATM machine, they get a cut of yeah. every time. Like, what is she doing? I know. Uh, giving blowjobs. Yeah. She's very codependent. She's very codependent. It's where I got a lot of my stuff. Right. And uh, she didn't ever ask for anything in, in return. Uh, just right, don't yeah. fuck with her. That's bad business. Eat you up. Well, she was a fist thrower. 
more than a okay. business person. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had a lot of fist stuff. So gentle. So Actually, there were bullets. the funny thing is, uh, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, Hamza. Andrea also has a lot of fist stuff. Oh. Yeah, it's more internal. That's kind of like the theme. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> hello. Kind of like a, a th- an underlying theme of the podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> we haven't talked about fisting in like so many episodes. And here since we are, COVID, and we're back. Oh, wow. feels good coming alive. Does it? Ew. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if it feels bad, good, and like that's kind of my love language is bad, good, um, in every sense of the word. But <laughs> I, I'm curious with everyone in gangs. And I've been to LA a few times, and I every. In LA, it feels like there's an undercurrent of crazy all the oh, yeah. time. Oh yeah, and like I, I feel like LA, LA is relatively safe now compared to what it was back then. I don't know, but every time I go into that city, I'm like, everyone's fucking crazy. Yes, they're acting like they're fine, and I think that's kind of the distinct difference between maybe New York and LA is everyone's crazy here and they admit it. Yes, everyone in LA is like, here's a juice. Um, I'm getting molested by my stepdad, and you're like. <laughs> I hate this. What is, that? is it the juice? <laughs> what do you mean? You don't like the juice? No, is I don't the- like the lies. It makes oh, you feel even okay. more no, I just scared. Confused. Like it I is. can imagine it, it makes it even more unsettling. Well, I'll tell you, uh, my mom, a Jew from New York who mm-hmm. got a nose job and changed her name before I was born. Wow. I had no idea I was a Jew. Uh, I We practiced nothing except drugs. And yeah. sex in the house. Uh, and my mom was an actor. So yeah. from a very young age, I understood the disappointment of the arts. <laughs> yeah, sure. The, uh, the mental uh, disabilities that a lot of artists seem yes. to carry. Yeah. Uh, the fucked up traumas that where they all came from. Like mm-hmm. their places where they were from. So and you're saying that actors have a lot of trauma. <laughs> and everybody that was at my mom's house was, I mean, actor, comedian, musician. It was all artists hanging yeah, out. So, And yeah. it's cool to say now, like, my godfather played Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley. But my mother's going to be very excited when I tell her that well, and not to listen to this episode. Everybody's <laughs> mom. But nobody knows that before that he was a crazy hippie guy. You know what I mean? That's how he, he didn't know my mom from acting. Yeah. My mom from acid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So. So bullets were flying in LA. Yes. And you seem to have caught one. I caught one in my leg. And it was just, you know, I was out with my friends. We were walking down Sunset Boulevard, uh, not where it's all fancy, where you know the movies from, where the Roxy and the, you yeah. know, hot, cool, you know, Axl Rose hangs out. None of that Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard East, which is real, like, the East part of L.A., if you haven't done your reading up, uh, white people, yet about mm-hmm. the freeways <laughs> and the race, uh, the color lines in L.A. that were built here a very long time ago, it was really obvious to me as a kid because I took the bus. So taking the bus, you realize, like, all the black people live over here, all the white people live over here. No white people are on the bus. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very fucked up. And, and, and to, to go back to the whole why L.A. I think is so weird in the energy here yeah. is because think of the millions of people that come here, show up with this idea of a dream yeah, yeah. and then it totally fucking falling and getting compl- and like, uh, and now I'm sucking dick in San Bernardino. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yada, I'm not yada, yada. I mean, Oh my God, shag carpet again. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. so much of that. Plus yeah. 
in the 80s and the 90s, nobody knows this, guys, but facts are, if you were let out of a mental institution or a jail and you had nowhere to go, they gave you a one-way ticket bus to Santa Monica. Yes. Good luck, kids. Oh. Good luck. Well, yes. I've actually, That's I've facts. spent some time in Santa Monica and of I know course. that is- Of course you have. Yeah, I know that that is uh, absolutely 100% true because I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked at what <laughs> goes on. Is. Yeah, everyone, I was like, wait a everyone minute. Everyone shows up here and they're like, hey, this isn't what it looked like in that movies. I'm like, <laughs> but there's like the Ferris wheel and then, no, no. No. Yeah, the only time I've ever had a gun pulled on me is in LA and yes. it was by someone who was like, I keep a nice house. I like to sew. Here's my four gauge shotgun. And I'm like, you know what? I don't appreciate you leading with sewing and making me feel calm. And now you have a fucking gun and you're high. It's just one of the wildest places. So, um, so back to, back to guns. So, so you, so Phil Spector. Oh, um, uh, so, so you get shot by a stray bullet. Is were you just walking around and it just kind of like was a an afterthought of someone trying to shoot other people? Yeah, I was with uh, a gang of, well, a gang, yeah. a, a gang of gang, yeah. and <laughs> um, and the drive by, and you heard a pop, and then like a, maybe half a block later, I was like, hey, is anybody else cold? <laughs> and then. Um, oh. Uh, and then I lifted, I was wearing a velvet skirt. So yes. you know, they weren't aiming for me. They were not aiming for me. We know yeah. this. And, yeah. uh, and so I picked it up and I was bleeding out of my leg and I said, you guys, we should go to the hospital. And I do this on stage because I think it's so funny. Cause they're like, if you've ever told a gang member that you need to go to the hospital, they not only are angry with you, but they kind of like make fun of you at the same, like, they're like, are they like calling you pussy? Yeah. Like Jessica, Jessica. We fucking, my cousin got shot in the head last week, Esa. We didn't go to the hospital. Ah. Like, oh, oh. Okay, I can get on board with this 100%. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you why. So, Jess, this is uh, for a little bit of a different reason. I have OCD very badly. I'm terrified of hospital. I'm terrified of germs. Yeah. So I would also, if you got shot, be like, can we just figure this out? Yeah, Tracy wants like a small surgical wing in her yeah. apartment. Yeah, like I would control. have done, the, I would have gotten the bullet out. I promise you, I would have stopped the bleeding. I would have gotten the bullet out, but like we probably would not have been at the hospital. Well, she's not, not a doctor. So, right. yeah. So, would you, out. if you do get that gravely injured when you're hanging out with gangs and it does seem like you have to go to a hospital, and this is me pulling this out of like movies, do they drop you off in front of the hospital and drive away? <laughs> Or, or from from movies also, do they take you to an animal doctor? Oh, neither neither of those things happened to me. What happened to me was they said, "Come on, that's like a scratch." And then we smoked more PCP, and Ooh. we continued to walk down Sunset Boulevard. What does PCP uh, feel like when you are high? Well, she had a bullet in her leg and kept walking. So it yeah, good. that's a good, yeah. What it's very happened? numbing. It's very numbing. But people have different, I've seen people uh, react to it differently. Eh? I, I saw a guy once turn in really to the Incredible Hulk and pull up an entire park bench, like a park bench. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was on rounded cement. cement. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you go, oh, and then you go, oh, right. I've seen those cops episodes where they're like five cops on top of one guy on PCP, like, Rah! you know, <laughs> he's like yeah. killing all the cops. It's insane. But for so me, now, did, I felt did like you just, yeah, you just stop bleeding and the bullet's still in there, right? 
Yeah, there, there's still a little bullet in there, but it was a 22, so it's like a little guy. Oh, wow, you like, didn't say that. 22. Come on. I don't know where we're interviewing just, a pussy. Honestly, <laughs> get over it, Jess. Get over it. Who who booked her? This is crazy. She has a 22 bullet, and she's like, okay. oh, my leg hurts. Ooh, it only hurts when it's cold out. <laughs> just, um, is it deep? Like, can you feel it? Yeah. Do you want me to take it out? No. Okay. I'm just putting it on the space. table. If you if you change your mind, I'm here. Appreciate so what is what did PCP feel like for you? <laughs> for me, it felt like uh, and this is good. Uh, I'm going to sound un whatever PC, but I have a lot of little people friends, and I'm not going to say. I felt like a little part. I felt like a midget on a cloud. A midget on a cloud, like a very tiny, tiny little person, and everything was very slow, very slow. Like, and when I would watch people that were on the PCP, the PCP, because I'm uh-huh. 72, uh-huh. Uh, 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 they would go really slow. Like my one friend, who the other white girl that would hang out uh, who, and also smoke PCP with me, <laughs> she and I would, oh, we would adventure. We would really adventure. But um, she one time kept going into her bag and going, um, I have that $5. I have that $5. I have that $5. And I was like, huh. she was stuck. Was Stepford wife. Like, a yeah. Ste- yeah, like Stepford. Yeah, she was stuck in, she was stuck stuck in a fixed in a thought. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, PCP, it's probably not good for you. It's elephant tranquilizer. Mm. Yeah. In real well, life. It yeah. kind of reminds me when people speak about being on ketamine, they give me similar stories of feeling like yeah. small or like you're in the corner of a room and you're very far away from everyone. You're yeah. observing. Yeah. 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 Which that's how I feel all the time. So that's going to be a no for me. (laughs) Um, So you don't need it. So when did you move to New York? I moved when I was a kid. I dropped out of high school and the riots, oh God, the LA riots and uh, people, my friends were all dying and uh, because it was all gang stuff. This is in 92? 92, yeah, Yeah, uh, was the riot, was the riot. So before that, it was like I dropped out of school and all my friends were getting killed and like heroin overdoses and fucking police chase. Like I had one friend that died, her and her boyfriend died running from the police like a car chase from the wow. police like a wait i'm fucking sorry movie. this is 2020 <laughs> it's not not 2020 i mean I these are history but i'm talking about like oh, flies no, of off the palisades of the santa monica palisades like fly, like the car like does like a thing because they're on pcp and they're driving yeah. and they're trying oh to run God. from the cops and the cops follow them down the, this mountain oh and the God. fucking car just goes flying off the cliff because they can't control it and they'd rather not get arrested so i was going to funerals as a 14 year old and listening to like oldies be played in the fucking open casket you know chola lying there like i'm your puppet like it's the most fucking saddest shit you've ever experienced in your life and i'm like hey you know, I'm the funny one. I was, they kept me around cause I was funny. So they're like, yeah. come on, stupid, make some more jokes, dummy. You oh. know, that was terms of endearment. And, um, <laughs> and I, and I loved them because they were, like I said, I could rely on them for being that they were always there for me. They are always in the same place. They always said they have my back. They did have my back. Whereas the people I came from like family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. Often. It's like, that's what I feel like a lot, why a lot of people get involved in gangs is because they're abandoned their whole life and although yeah. this is maybe not the the right move it feels like at least the move where you have structure and people who care about you on yeah. a level that maybe 
your family just doesn't. So it makes sense. Nah, they just sense. didn't pay attention. But my mom really did like the Cholos. Like she loved this one chick, Lisa, who used to hang out and she would beat up dudes and stuff. She was huge. Lisa Diaz. And my I mom go, well, my life. How's, how's Lisa Diaz? She's so great. I love Lisa Diaz. And I'm like, mom, Lisa Diaz beats up boys. She's like, well, fuck them. Good for her. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, so anyway, so I moved, I moved to New York to escape all that. Yeah. And I moved right in to first and first. Oh. I had a, a studio oh. apartment in 93. Oh. Um, I, I was subletting from a friend uh, $400 a month. Oh, my hey, God. Hey, now, hey, now, say now. And, um, and it was, if anyone knows the block, okay, so my yeah. apartment, the apartment building I lived in, the back of it, which is where my apartment was, uh, the back of it faced Houston Street. And yeah. Houston is one of the bigger streets in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it now has a, a gate around the building and it now has like safety precautions <laughs> around yeah. the building. Whereas when I lived there, it was just like, hey, you want to knock on the back door from Houston? And it was... There was so much heroin. First of all, I was like, what? This is a glorious, like I was so excited. I'd never, you know how hard it was to get drugs in LA? Finally. uh, I was so, yeah, I was like spinning like a Mary Tyler Moore spin. Like I threw my hat up. I was like, this is it. I've made it. When you're talking about first and first, you're talking about the East Village of New York City. So yes. this is like, I mean, it's literally like almost the gates to the East Village. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, you're yeah. getting off the and Williamsburg the Bridge. Side. You're right. You're getting off the Williamsburg Bridge. You're going through the Lower East Side. And then oh, it welcomes you to first and first. And you're like, here I am. And Oops. that's literally like the border of the Lower East Side and the East Village. Yeah. And we we met in the Lower East Side and that's when it was just starting to be like maybe okay where before I think you told me that they didn't let really outsiders in there. It was a little bit more kind of policed by the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. will. Because when I first got down there, I was like, again, man, was I excited that there was drugs. So I was like, wait a second. I could just walk into this bodega and be like, hey, get a little something. And they were like, all right, what do you want? And then I I, I was amazed and I was, and I loved it. And what had happened was I started making friends who were too scared to go and to cop uh, dope in the Lower East Side because you had yeah. to go in like the heroin, you had to go sometimes down into like attorney and Ridge and these places where like my family who was from New York was like, I forbade you to go south of Houston yeah. ever, never go south of Houston ever. And I'm like, I am fucking deep south of Houston. Like I am places yeah. where they're like, somebody went into those bodega yesterday and they put a bag over their head and they hit them in the head with a hammer and we haven't seen them since. And oh, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'm like, style. yeah, like, I'm like, cool, let me go down there and check that out. Like, I was out of my goddamn mind. But remember, I came from a place where it was gangy. Yeah, I'd been shot and a PCP and a gangy. So when I went into an abandoned building in the Lower East Side and these Puerto Rican guys are all standing on the stairway like, yo, what's up? (laughs) They're like like, a white girl who's not scared. What (laughs) the fuck? They're more scared of you than they're scared of them. Because they're like, you're so crazy to be here as a white lady. (laughs) That there's got to be something so insane about you. 
Well, I also know, you know, in the U.S. of A, how disgusting Mm -hmm. it is that I could say anything. I used to have a joke that I told that white people hated where I was like, who do you think is more scared walking down the street towards each other, a white girl towards a black guy or a black guy towards a white girl? And if there were black people in the audience, I go, black people, shush, don't tell. And then I go, (laughs) it's the black guy. He's way more scared. Oh, he's way more scared because we could say anything. And all the white people are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And all the black (laughs) people are like, yay! You know, so I knew knew pretty much, you know, what was happening. So yeah. uh, I went in there and I was like, what's up, fellas? And they were like, yo, what are you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? lost? Yeah. 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 What is and that was, park? What is that park in the Lower East Side that everyone's falling asleep all the time? Thompson Square, Tompkins Park? Square Park. Thompson Square Park. Okay. Yeah. And it's still Thompson Square Park. I mean, the Lower East Side is radically different now. It's like all trust fund kids and, you know, juice bars again. But it's the the sketchiness still lingers around there. You definitely still see people nodding off here and there, or like there's a homeless population definitely that hangs out in that park. What was it like back then, Thompson Square Park? <laughs> uh, it was nasty. It was yeah. just squatters. It was just squatters and a lot of needles yeah. and a lot of um, you know bad badly homeless. I mean, they had had, there was a movement that happened there before I moved. That was a, there was riots and there was uh, punk rockers that were, you know, squatters rights. And they were, mm-hmm. they were leaning into the the city to help uh, for affordable housing really is what it, they were trying to get. Um, yeah. And, and so there were buildings that were taken up on different blocks of the Lower East Side, right off of the park that were just taken up by completely by squatters. And they had, you know, gotten electricity and they had, they had made it, work out but this yeah. but because the city was starting to kind of get a little bit prettier and not prettier but like a, a few white people were moving down to lower east side and stuff and yeah. they were like we must gentrify you know and so they started to uh kick people out and try to clean it up and stuff to be honest with you um i my friend lived on avenue c and i think it was 10th between 10th and 11th and this was just a few years back and there was an empty storefront below her her apartment and there were squatters in there as well and it was the same exact thing yeah. it was like I, I i always said like oh like is there like a cool bar downstairs from you and she's like um sort of yeah sure it's a cool bar like that's probably what the real estate agents say. I it's mean, a there's cool bar, there's booze there, right? For like sure. we're not allowed in, but it is a cool hang. Well, why <laughs> did Why did you ever leave that apartment on first and first? Uh, <clears throat> uh, the heroin mm. got me. Mm. The heroin got me. Um, Chemda, when I met you, I was a homeless person. Um, I lived, you know, I mean, I wasn't like in a park. I was on couches and stuff. I'm but not I in was, a park. I'm not an uh, animal. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a monster, guys. But I, I, again, my privilege, uh, you know, allotted me to have, I had like five different sets of keys to people's places. And yeah. I was, um, and at the same time, I was trying to get clean and I was trying to get help and stuff. But I got that place. I, um, they wanted to evict me because I hadn't paid rent in months because my what? no my problem. And yeah. yet I found someone to take over the lease, pay all the back rent and start growing weed in the apartment. So I, I, there it sold, is. I gave God my bless. lease over to a weed, uh, you know, grower. 
So yeah. they used my apartment as a grow room for their, uh, and then, and then the next, the job that I got was a weed delivery person on my roller this, skates. This Which, is why you way. have New York in your bloodstream, because I know you're from LA, but your mom's from New York, but this is the most New York thing ever. Like I was on the streets from heroin, but I still managed to set up a small business right. with another <laughs> drug dealer. Hustle. It's you hustle. were the most I responsible heroin. You were like, I'm not a dirt bag. I might yeah. be homeless and on heroin, yeah. but I'm not going to not get someone to pay your back rent. Right. Over the lease legally. Yes. Come on. Let's, I don't want any fucking shit following me. What do I want? A red, I want an envelope with a red letter in it. No, yeah. I haven't had that. I grew up like that. Fuck I don't need everybody. my credit score dropping from this bullshit. That's right. <laughs> Mad respect. I watched my mom get credit cards cut, cut in front of us. Like, oh. miss, this is yeah. no good here. Yeah. Oh, so it's frightened. Yeah. But, so I, I, but when you say that you were uh, a pot dealer, like right now, you know, pot dealers are texting, giving them giving us their deals like hey we have a deal on one ounce and like here's the whatever this was not the case when you were no. were distributing what's the nice word that you were you were on roller skates and actually people who were selling even something like weed were taking huge risks right it was horrifying it was giuliani Oh, Giuliani. I didn't know it was um, oh my God. So yes. right when Giuliani came to town I, I I was like oh no oh no we can't do this anymore that's a trigger uh, word for Hemda. Giuliani yeah. is a trigger <laughs> word for Hemda. You have you Sorry. are hitting every single theme of this podcast just so perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Hemda, Hemda, are you okay? I'm yes. okay. Okay. All right. Sorry, Jess. Go Wait, ahead. can I quickly, since we're talking about Giuliani, <laughs> were you there when we did the hokey pokey? Uh, for Giuliani. No. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't. I wish I heard about that. Is this when they were taking away cabaret licenses in New York City uh, so that yeah. they couldn't have like nightclubs? And then I'm assuming that you did the hokey pokey like an asshole, like in front of yeah. a building and something. Yeah. Yes, All right. yes, yes. It was, it was very surf reality. And they were like, Hemda, you do kids parties. Why don't you lead us? And I took the megaphone and we were putting our right hand in and right. In. And honestly, like I was young. I was just like, this is what my cool friends are doing. And 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 we were like, you know, we were stopping from being swayed in a bar when a band was on so I was like I can get behind this this sounds yeah but but if you asked me why I was there like an actual adult person to give you an answer I would just be like I'm gonna tell me to be here and these are my friends but <laughs> sure I love that's kind of how civil unrest works with kids though it's like they can't really grasp the full magnitude of everything that's going on but they can prank you because they're kids <laughs> And that's funny. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the TikTokers and like the K-pop kids who who pranked Trump at the rally. Yes. Like, I don't know necessarily if they understand the sinisterness of like the full system that we're in right now, but I love their energy. I'm like, come in with your dumb kid energy and fuck adults shit up. It's amazing. Oh, I like your version of what I did. I'm going with that. Yeah. <laughs> very rebellious. So, so what was it like uh, dealing weed around that time? Uh, it was, it was nerve wracking. It was really nerve wracking. And I was the only girl that worked at the place and it was, but it was so funny. The, the office was, um, called Dr. Schmengi. So it was a doctor's office. So when you called, they'd go Dr. Schmengi, you know, and, uh, so you had to have a cover. So yeah. the doctor, so it was the doctor's office and everyone had a nickname and a number and you couldn't, get the phone number unless you were a referral from someone else. So it was very inside. So we had to be very secretive about it all, you know? Um, 
you'd get there in the morning, which was 1.30 p.m., yeah. and <laughs> they, would, <laughs> they would stock you up. And it was first come, first serve for the neighborhoods. So, like, I would really always try to get the, the downtown because downtown is much easier to get around on roller skates to go back and forth across town. It's so yeah. much easier than fucking uptown and the park. You have to deal with Central Park and fucking, ah. Uh, I was always like, let me get downtown. Let me get downtown. So it was a lot of times I was downtown in the Lower East Side skating around. Um, you had a beeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would get a beep and then you would call, you'd go to a payphone and you'd call the office. Like your mom's they, house. Yeah, exactly. It was very familiar. All the things <laughs> that I've done in my life are very familiar. And <laughs> I, uh, you'd call and they'd give you the address or they or they'd write you the address on the beeper. You know how pages you could write like numbers. So if it was an all number address, they'd just write it on the beeper. But if it was oh like, like thirteen forty eight twelfth Street, and right. you're like, got it. Okay, I see. And yeah. they do like a backwards uh, three for an e. You know, like uh-huh. it was all just kind of like when we used to write boobless on a calculator. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So oh. it was very uh, you know. And I. I sometimes had to meet people on the street because they weren't in their apartments at the time that I had to meet them. And so I'd say like, okay, um, I'm a girl on roller skates. And then, and then I'd see someone, you know, and I'd go, Hey, and they'd go, Oh, Hey. And they were always nervous. They were all, they were always nervous. And I was like this, Hey, what's up? <laughs> and I'd go and I'd skate up to them and I'd hug them. And I I'd got your weed. Yeah, and I'd shove it in like a pocket somewhere, and I'd be like, and then I'd take it. Oh my god, so good to see you! I can't believe I just ran into you like that. Yeah, you're a perfect drug dealer for that reason. You're like a Powerpuff girl. Like one of the the pops are like, look at this fucking idiot on roller skates. She's not up to anything. Nothing. And I wore little dresses. I mean, it was the '90s, so it was like you know the um like floral. Yeah, like uh, like Courtney Love. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Uh, like I'm just a baby doll doing nothing wrong, and then I got a fucking backpack filled with weed, coppers. Oh, I had like full on. Do you know where they got their weed from? Do you know like their where their supplier was? No, mm. no. Okay, yeah. I'm curious. You're like I'm yeah. not gonna tell you, Andrea. Andrea, Andrea. I know, Andrea. I'm like, what? If but even just one question: What was the guy's There's... name that was growing, like that was running the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. operation? <laughs> fucking, I'm, I've been an undercover cop this whole time. <laughs> You know, this isn't a podcast and you're under arrest. So Uh the only other explanation is that you're Canadian, which you are. So yeah, I'm I'm always curious. Like, what's the the infrastructure behind this criminal? (laughs) I would like to call 911. Do you have a flow chart that explains this? (laughs) Oh, my God. So so what was what was your um, like scariest moment in you? Cause that, I feel like your entire life is a scary moment. So it's like, mm-hmm. there's, it is, was there a moment that you were like, Holy shit, I am in New York. This is like some scary New York shit. <sighs> I, I hate to disappoint you, but not scary. Yeah. No, I was never really scared in New York. I've been much more frightened in Los Angeles as we've spoken about yeah, earlier. Sure. Sure. Um, but I will tell you this. While I was living in the Lower East Side, it was illegal to get tattooed. Mm, now, really? it, yes. yes, it had been illegal in New York from the 50s. You know, Trace, the, 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 
the Navy or the Marine. I fucking forget. It was like the sailors and the heroin. It, it was hepatitis was out of control yeah. in New York City in the 50s. So what they did, the city just closed down anything that had anything to do with needles. They were like, nothing, nothing. We don't allow that anymore. Nobody gets diabetes medicine. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> there will be no shots. And so uh, you could get a tattoo out of the borough. You could go to Long Island. You could go to Jersey. But you couldn't get anything in Manhattan or Brooklyn or the Bronx or anything like that. So uh, I had a friend who was dating a guy who was a tattoo artist. And uh, she uh, introduced us. And he and I made a, a date to get uh, for me to get a tattoo from him. Did and you have tattoos before? I did. I had some tattoos before. Yeah. Um, because in Los Angeles as a teenager, I was getting tattooed underage because my friend had a shop and he wanted to hook me up with the, the guy who was his apprentice. He's like, I think you and Bob would be great together, you know? <laughs> so, um, this is a very unique idea. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, no, it's it's so crazy though. So, Andrea, something that you might not realize, and a lot of our listeners might not realize, mm-hmm. tattooing was illegal until 1997 in New York City, yeah. and that is just very recent history. And it's yeah. weird to us, but I remember, like, even you know, my friends have a shop, and they, I remember when they were doing it out of their garage. Yeah. yeah. And then I yeah. remember when they were legalized and they were allowed to open the shop. Like that was a really big deal. Huge deal. I didn't deal. know that. I had no idea about yeah, that. Yeah, 97. so recent. Uh, it also kind of explains like uh, my, my mother is a very liberal woman, very open-minded, but she hates tattoos. Hates, hates, hates them. Same. And I'm like, why? And I realize is that she used to hang out around Hell's Angels when she was younger and those were the only people that had tattoos. So she really associates. And I think that's like a lot of people who are older or like, you know, just more conservative people are just like tattoos are for bad. People. Right. Yeah. And my mother kind of thinks like that as well. Like everything else she was okay with, but then it's like when she sees a tattoo, it's like, it triggers her kind of. Yeah. My mom's like, I'll cut it off with a kitchen knife. <clears throat> yeah. Well, she's like if, living in the mountains in Canada, you know? So it's weird. Very wow. triggering. Yeah. Well, so, my mom got a tattoo from my tattoo artist in LA on her tit. Very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. That doesn't uh, seem like something your mom would do. Yeah. I know. She's so conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so uh, uh, my friend breaks up with this guy, but I, ha- I still have a tattoo appointment with him. Right. So he and I get in touch and he says, why don't you come over to my new girlfriend's place where I live now? Just and man. I'll, I'll tattoo on. you. I'll tattoo you here. Oh yeah. Well, he was a hot, like older tattoo artist. His name was Mark Rude. Mm. He was quite Shut up. He was quite something. Oh yeah. God, that He's sounds gone like now. every man I've ever loved is like <laughs> symbolically Mark Rude. Fuck <laughs> God. Okay, continue. Fantastic. So, uh, <clears throat> so I show up at the apartment, and his new girlfriend answers the door, and. She is this six foot, shocking red hair down to her ass, giant tits, tiny corseted waist. Wait, like, can you hold on? Corset. Because I think I think Andrea just came. Okay, yeah. <laughs> corseted fucking tiny waist, giant hips, long boot like boots to the knee above the knee. I love stiletto, it. We're at, our, we're at your apartment, miss. Yeah. It's like one in the afternoon, okay? So I come in and I'm like, 
hello. And I've never met her. I don't know this woman. And yeah. she goes, hi, you must be Jessica. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, got this like growl of a, of a voice, you know, oh, I love very, this woman. She's beautiful. And she's very slow. And I'm quite nervous. I'm quite nervous in her presence. I'm like, um, is Mark around? You know, like, I'm like, <laughs> we're just going to hang a little bit, too, you know? And she's like, you're really, you're very uh, pretty, aren't you? And I'm like, yo- you know, I'm young and I'm blonde and I'm like, did she I live guess. in a gingerbread house? She was, she wanted me. She wanted me bad. But how, she, what she, how old what she, were you at this time? Uh, uh like 20. Okay. Wow. Yeah. A baby. So I am like, mm, okay. And I really like her, you know, like the way that she is. Yeah, I really like her. Kind of powerful. Like she's very powerful and very different than anybody I've ever known, any ladies that I've ever known. Because remember, I come from naked hippies and then cholas. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I've never known this one. So she, uh, she gets Mark and she's like, Mark, Jessica's here. And she goes, you didn't tell me she was such a dish. And like, she talks like a fifties. Like <laughs> oh, I <laughs> love this. Unbelievable. I love I'm this. like in, in like this weird thing. So he gets me, uh, we go into their bedroom and he lies me on the bed to start the tattoo. Now mm-hmm. I'm getting a tattoo and I'm going to show it to you at the end because it's such a good payoff, but it's a very big and it's a, it's a heart with a dagger. It's got a banner through it that says stuff. It's got a heart and a, it says oh, I said a heart. Well, <laughs> almost and a, a rose and a bluebird. It's all the things that we love. The old, the old school, yeah. the sailor Jerry, whatever. So it takes about like eight hours Oh my god! Tattoo to be completed. And by the way, can we can we post this post this on our Facebook private group? Of course, private. Make it public. I don't give a fuck. Put my ass out. You know me. I'm like, hey, Jesswood. There's my ass. Um, Love it. I so I'm lying there for eight hours, and the girlfriend is asking me all these questions about my childhood and about my love life. Is she trying to touch your hands? Is she trying to read your palms? She doesn't read my palm, but okay. what she does do is she invites me to become a junior dom, as in dominatrix. Oh, my God. Because she is apparently this world-renowned dom who cool. she's got a residency at the vault Oh, wow. The vault, as you can tell from everyone's reaction, listeners, was a cement floor warehouse converted into an S&M club. Yeah. Where if you went as a female, you could get in for free. And if you went as a man dressed as a woman, you'd get like half price. If you came with your mistress, you could get in half price. If you came as a couple, you had to pay full price. Mm -hmm. If you came as a single man, you had to make sure you knew somebody there because they didn't usually let in just a fucking rando single dude. I support right. that. That's my lifestyle right now. I'm like single okay. man. Get the Yuck. fuck away from me. Uh, we actually we spoke about the vault on another episode um, on George's episode. If you guys yeah. are listening, um, and George was actually he worked there at the vault. It's a bouncer, yeah. yeah. He was a bouncer there, and that is my friend that also owns the oldest tattoo shop in Queens. 
Oh my God. I have to meet him. I have to meet him. He's like my dream man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, so she invites me. So after the tattoo is over, she invites me to come to the vault one night. She says, come to the vault. I Do you wanna, have the clothes for this at this time? I can't believe you just asked me that because here's what's happening at the same time that this happens. I'm doing a show. It's surf reality called, wait for it, the Bondage Theater Players. Yeah. What in the world? I remember that. <laughs> I'm a circle, baby. So I not only did I have stilettos, I had rubber shorts, I had a vinyl shirt, I had fishnets, I had everything you could possibly need to be a dom because I played one on stage. How do you play? put on rubber shorts? <laughs> Just for, you know, asking for a friend. Talcum powder. Talcum powder. powder. Okay. Yeah. Are they rubber on the inside as well? Is there a fabric oh, on yeah. the inside? Woo, Ooh. that is commitment, girl. <laughs> Damn. That's some sweat. That's some sweat. Did you end up doing some domineering? I went, I, I went to meet her. So, so a, I was friends with a man that I worked with who was a little bit older, who I think we wanted to fuck, but we never did one of those relationships. Yeah. And we used to hang out, you know, we used to hang out. So he actually was over at my apartment that I was staying at. Cause again, I wasn't living anywhere yet. I didn't have my own place. So I was staying at an apartment. I was putting on my rubber outfit. He and I were doing a, a gram of Coke. We sniffed a gram of Coke real quick and I drank a bottle of champagne with him. So oh. I split a bottle of champagne, split a gram of Coke, put on the rubber outfit and Wait, thought, were this you is a dominatrix or a supermodel? <laughs> yeah. I mean, These who knows, Trace? a lot in common. <laughs> they As do. In fashion, they bleed into one another fairly often. Yeah. Good pun with the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so I get in a cab. He sends me on my way. I get in a cab. I go and I'm trying to be t- like you guys, you know me. I told you as even when I hung out with gangs, I was the funny one. Yeah. So I'm like in this dominatrix outfit feeling like a fucking <sighs> real amateur. And, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm sitting in the back seat and I'm like, all right, I got it. I got it. I got to test this out somehow, you know? So the cabbie's like, uh, over here, miss. I'm like, yeah, what are you dumb? And then I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Like, right afterwards, right afterwards. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> see this outfit? So not me. So not me. I'm, I'm going to go acting right job now. interview. I had to t- explain the whole fucking thing to the guy. I'm like, it's a job interview. I'm really I'm, good. I'm a student at NYU. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the Tisch School of the Arts right now. And it's just. I'm paying for my next semester. I, I, I have to do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So I go in and, I, and it's free, you know, a welcome mistress, welcome. And that already fucks with me. I'm like, what? You know, and yeah. again, when you come from the kind of damage that I come from, the kind of abuse that I come from, it's either going to go one of two ways. Either you're going to be so fucking into it and be like, where's the whip? And fucking just what what fuck you, dude, you fucker, you fucking pervert, you fucking dad, fuck yeah. you, dad, fuck you, dad, fuck you, dad. Oh, or, I came again. Like me. And you'll be like, oh my God, it looks like my dad. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't hear, I was like, oh my God. And, and you know, I'm all coked out, my jaw's going, you know, I'm like, mistress, I guess I'm mistress, oh God. And then I go in and I find the woman who's, you know, Mark's girlfriend, the yeah. world's renowned fucking hoo-ha, and she's standing on a man. 
Whoa. In her stilettos. I'm obsessed with this. Oh, mistress. And she'd already given me a name, Veronica, because she thought it was close to Jessica. She's like, Veronica, Veronica, come join us. Join us, Veronica. And I was like, I have to. Excuse me. um, You're standing on a guy. (laughs) I'm so sorry, sir. Sir, are you okay, sir? Uh, I mean, do you like to go to the hospital? The mint. You know, we're not going to the fucking hospital, (laughs) dummy. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I stood on him and I balanced my stilettos into his juicy, (laughs) middle aged, white, fat back. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I didn't, li- I really didn't like it. And, uh, the coke, you know, the Coke drip. And, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And, and then all these men are crawling up to me. Mistress, can I get you a drink? Mistress, please let me, ma- mistress, please. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't even like it when a guy texts back too quickly. Right. <laughs> You're right. Not the job for me. Too available. Mistress, too available. I, I want to please you all the time. Like, get the fuck out of here, you damn sucker. Yeah. Well, you now, me? What's wrong now with Tracy you? just came. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I got one for everybody, baby. There's enough to go around. Yeah. Like, have you, listen, I mean, have you ever um, done that with like a New York City sanitation worker? <laughs> I had I'm a just guy. Trying to relate it, I'm re- trying to relate it to me. Yeah. I lived with a guy who was Irish, born and bred in East New York, the mm-hmm. last white family in East New York. We had a dog. We had a dog. We, his name was Lucky. The <laughs> unlucky fucking dog you ever met. This is my guy, Henry. <laughs> Henry. How you doing, Henry? How you doing, Henry? Yeah, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. Is he still alive? Do you know? He's not only alive, my friend. He is married. Oh. And he's very good. He's doing very well. You think he cheats I wish his him wife? the best. Yeah. I don't know. You know, he was a fucking <laughs> fuck up. I don't want to uh, get into all that. Let's I've actually, I've been seeing him. <laughs> I've been seeing him. So <laughs> I think that's great because I met him when I was a bartender and he was my patron. And I, I don't ever think that's a great idea to do that. Well, yeah, you don't want to shit where you eat, but I got to say a lot of the stories on here are a bad idea all around. (laughs) (laughs) Bad idea, but great idea at the same time. Like, oh, what a beautiful tapestry you weave. Oh, I love it. So did you tell the dominant, did you tell the mistress that you couldn't be a dominatrix? Like how did, how did, Uh, yeah, I kind of just didn't come back. Yeah. You you (laughs) ghosted her? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was a kid, you know, and I was scared. It, I didn't realize how much trauma I'd had in my life. And I yeah. didn't realize like what was coming up. Like, how come I kept, how come I keep getting triggered? Like I, I was used to heroin. I was used to, you know, leaning back. I don't know, fuck gangs and everything's chill. And, you know, this was like up in my fucking face yeah. and I, yeah. I was not down with it. I was New like, York. uh-uh. Up in New your York. I love so New, New York, York City was good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love New York. Oh my God. New York. I was, uh, uh, look, I was a phone sex operator in New York. I took my friend to, who was about to go to prison with his girlfriend to the peep show on 43rd mm-hmm. where the, where it used to come up, the thing would come up. Yeah. And no glass. No glass. Really? Just, oh my God. A woman's vagina just flag gaping at you. Just her. Just, just beating it. Like, ah. Like a Venus fly trap. Oh, it was just, and of course the last things my friends say to me before they put in their dollar, they look at me and they go, Jessica, don't laugh. <laughs> Hilarious. And you're like, it's a pussy. I know, I'm like, it's a big old, big old fat pussy. 
how am I not going to laugh? It's fucking hilarious. Jess, you are absolutely a gem, and we are so lucky to like have had you. This is Thanks. amazing. Thanks, so amazing. Thanks, oh, gals. I love hearing your stories, and I'm so sorry. It's always like, thank you. I'm oh, so no. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I made it, baby. All good. Did. Thank well, you. May I ask why you left New York before we wrap up? What made you leave? Oh my gosh. Uh, I wish it was a simple story, but um, I, I did that thing that was happening in like 2013, 2014, where you reconnected with a high school sweetheart on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. I mean, fucking spectacular. I mean, he was, oh, just fucking insane. So uh, love affair, six months. He's in Hawaii. I'm in Brooklyn. Of course it's going to work. We're going to meet back in LA. Yeah, yeah, it always works. Or have a life back in LA where we first met and it's going to be fucking fantastic. And I mean, I'm talking about pictures from like, he would see a rock that was shaped like a heart. The universe loves our love, Jess. Like that kind of shit where you're like, what the fuck? And hot, just tattoo, a tattoo artist. Shut up. Okay. No. (laughs) So all my friends are like, when are you going to Hawaii? When are you going to Hawaii? And I'm like, please, please. So finally I get a ticket. I'm like, all right, we got to make this shit official. We got to go to Hawaii. So 10 days before I'm to land in Hawaii, uh, oh, we had a lot in common, he and I. Like, a lot of our background was in common. We had the yeah. drugs, the sex, the you know, all that stuff. I so, feel like you need that. You can't. I mean, we had to, to like yeah. relate and to really yeah, yeah. love, love, love. And um, 10 days before I was supposed to land, he relapsed and died. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Real so, quick, just a quick follow up question. Uh, like, hey, Jess, so, so why'd you leave? Oh, the love of your life died. Yeah, so I, ca- I came back here to bury him. I came back to LA to bury him. And uh, I hung out with a couple of my friends and we were standing on Venice Beach. Uh, it was January 25th. I'll never forget January 25th, the middle of winter time. And I'm wearing a fucking sweatshirt. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> hold the fuck on. Hold <laughs> the fucking to phone. This. Yeah. I'm like, this is, wow. Look at that palm tree. I never noticed the succulents before. Guys, <laughs> the, succulents. Fucking, the succulents are very sexy here. So, for some reason, I just decided it was time. And I feel like since that, it, and it's been now four years. Chemda, can you fucking believe it? Four years. It's so, incredible. And I, I saw, we saw you like two years ago, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the apartment. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's nothing, nothing that's happened since I've been back here has been a mistake. As, as fucked up as things have gotten and as I've lo- I lost my mom, I lost a, another guy that I was really close to. Like I've lost people, but it's, Nothing has been a mistake. This is the exact place I'm supposed to fucking be. And yeah, I'm poor and I'm lonely and I'm horny, but you know what? I mean, we all are doing it. That's what I think. I think I, I think I just, I can relate to everybody. And as long as I keep putting it out and people keep taking it, picking it up. Yeah. All's great. You left LA because of funerals and a funeral brought you back. So it's kind of like poetic in a sense. Oh, I love that. Thanks. eh? that was welcome. You know, All right. You know, Andrea, the shorter your name is, the more she likes you. So you hit the mark. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) This has been just such an interesting, fun episode. I feel like I've been on a journey with you. Thank you so much, Jess, for joining us. And where could everyone find you? What do you have going on? Tell us what's going on. 
Thank you. Uh, well, I do two shows a week, which are so fucking fun. Uh, IG Live, both of them are not IG. Uh, Tuesdays, I do a live show by myself. It's like a half an hour of me just telling stories from my week, all my adventures. It's called Get Wood Podcast. It's available on Stitcher and all that, but you can also watch it live on IG every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And then on Friday night, I started to do this interview show that I was telling you guys about. I'm interviewing my favorite people on Friday nights, 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. And that has been a fucking blast. And I just, I booked a bunch of people that I loved and then all this stuff started to happen with the protests and, you know, the Band-Aid getting pulled off the wound that yeah. is America. And uh, it just happened to be that I had a bunch of people like Josh Homer was on and his episode is probably one of my favorites because we, we go for like an hour. It's usually just a half an hour show, but we went for an hour because he answered and got down on so many questions that were hard for people to talk about. And I have a lot of white mm. listeners too. So my white listeners were giving me feedback like, oh my God, Jessica, thank you for talking about stuff that we don't even know how to like approach yeah. talking about. And you're talking about it on the show. So I'm really proud of those two shows. And Get Wood is just my thing across all the socials. But yeah, I'm having fun right now. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. gals. This was awesome. a gas. You Thank all are you so a gas. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm Tracy Carnazzo. You could find me at tracycarnazzo.com or you could check out my other podcast, 90 Day Fiance Trash Talk and Teen Mom Trash Talk. Or you could follow me on social media at Trixie Tuzini, T-R-I-X-I-E-T-U-Z-Z-I-N-I on Instagram and Twitter. Andrea, where can we find you? Hello. You can find me at Andrea Comedy 69 on Instagram. Watch me fall apart on a weekly basis over there. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, The Hot Mess Comedy Hour. Love it, live it. It's a fucking good time. Uh, and, you know, it's it's very similar to this show and it's uh, with another female comedian. I think you guys are going to dig it. Also, go to onlyinnewyorkpod.com and check out our live show only available there check out our store we've got a lot of things that i think you guys are going to like hamda where can people find you hi i have another podcast called keith and the girl everybody here has been on it you know i like to get as much wood in my life as possible so we've had her on a bunch of times keith and the girl.com keith and the girl on any platform keith and the girl wherever podcast is my name is hamda it's spelled chemda and if you can't find me online just by writing that in we're good we good <laughs> awesome balls sauce <laughs>